What's up, everybody? On this episode, we've got Mari, and I'm super excited because she's going to share about the entrepreneurial flu. She's going to share how she almost lost her voice, had an identity crisis, but came back, and how she actually figured out that she's better not being an entrepreneur, but supporting other entrepreneurs. And I think all this is fantastic. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So let's dive in and see what she has to say. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of the Guyao Now Show. I am your host, as always, Bob McIntosh. And uh, if you're watching this episode, I am very thankful that you're here. And I am very thankful for our guest, Mari, who's on here. Uh, Mari was actually connected to me through another of my guests um, that I had on, Chris Ward, from previously. And she's like, hey, you got to have this, this woman on. She's awesome. And listen, I love getting recommendations and or suggestions from my audience because at the end of the day, right, this show is not about me. This show is about each and every one of you who are listening so that you can get out of your own way and learn from interesting stories. And we've got a lot of stories that I'm really excited about sharing coming up. But today we've got one in particular. This is Mari. And I'm going to let her do her, her intro for herself in a second. But I'm very excited. She comes from a very Different and unique background, different than actually anyone that we've had on the show previously. So this will be a show first, which I'm very excited about. And uh, I really think you guys are going to enjoy where where we go with this. So without any further ado, Mari, welcome and thanks for being on. Excited to be here. What a fun opportunity. Yeah. Um, So first and foremost, for everyone who doesn't know you, which I'm going to guess is probably the large majority of my audience. um, Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're all about and sort of your background. Well, I love the title of your podcast because I have spent a lifetime getting in and out of my own way and helping other people get out of their own way. So I've been an entrepreneur literally since I was 11 years old. I started a business that ended up putting me through college, started a bunch of businesses after that, realized that, hmm, I don't know if I want to start the businesses. I just like helping helping it come to life. But once it's up and running, I'm not that interested. So I began coaching other entrepreneurs. But at the same time I was doing that, I was having an entire additional career, which is I've had a career as a regional stage actor. Now, for the people who know me really well, this is kind of surprising because I'm actually an introvert. I don't love I feel like a lot of people on stages are introverts. I don't know why, but I just, I I could be totally wrong on that, but I just feel like it's a, it's a, but anyway, sorry, keep going. No, it's true. There are a lot of stage actors who are introverts. We love the story. We love the connection. We love the depth. It's not necessarily being the center of attention. In fact, I almost failed out of theater school because I had such trouble with the performances because that wasn't like part (laughs) of my wanted. (laughs) They're like, we don't get it. Why you're so great at rehearsal and then during performance, you're not great. But it was because during performance, I was getting in my own way. I was getting my head into what other people are thinking about me instead of what am I doing? And that sort of began this sort of lifelong process of where are we stopping our voices? Where are we getting in our own way? Where are we telling ourselves stories that are not helpful or harmful? And... I was doing the coaching with entrepreneurs who were doing the exact same way. You tell the story about the woman who couldn't get started for six months because she couldn't do her logo. Mm -hmm. And many, many similar stories of working with people who were literally brilliant. Uh, I had one woman who is 
an international expert in the things she does. There are only six people in the world that have her six. level of scientific credentials. <laughs> and she says to me, well, I don't know if I should charge this company for coming to talk to them about this. <laughs> Yes, you should. Yes. You should charge. Yes, you should. Lot. You absolutely should. Did, did they charge you for those all those letters after your name? Then yes, you should exactly. too. <laughs> but we all get in our own way, and so this 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 question of how do we open up ourselves and open up our stories and not get in our own way is central to my life story, and where that it has landed is in public speaking coaching, and in video coaching and virtual presenting coaching for entrepreneurs, but also for um, leaders in organizations where they sort of need to set the tone and help people figure out here's where we're going, but you can't lead others. You can't inspire others. You can't bring in clients and opportunities if you are telling yourself a story that's blocking your brilliance. Okay. Perfect. I like that. If you're telling yourself a story that's blocking your brilliance, that's a great, that's a great quote, by the way, but I also love the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to I want to unpack. I, I wrote a couple of things down here and I want to unpack a couple of these um, in both both of them, actually, but individually. So first and foremost is something that you said that really stuck out to me both earlier when we were talking and right now is, you know, you started your own business and that was great. But then you realize, hey, that's actually not my thing. My thing is helping other businesses go and grow. And this is something. Um, well, first of all, I want to congratulate you for even having the awareness to figure that out. I feel like right now we see people who are attracted to the idea of entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but not necessarily really a great fit. So a, a perfect example is one of my good friends, and I know he's going to be listening to this and you know exactly who you are. We had a great conversation when he was down here visiting me and you know, you know, he's like, I like him. He's a great detail guy. And I told him, I was like, look, mm -hmm. you, you'd probably be a great number two, but probably not a great number one. And this is not to say that you can't work with something like that. And it's not to diminish your, your capability because every good number one, in my opinion, needs to have a great number two. Like I have a lot of great ideas and vision, but I, I suck at details. I know that about myself. So mm -hmm. I need someone who's that. And he's that kind of guy that can like, he can see all the little details and keep track of them and knows that and like likes talking to customers, which is like, who, who does that? I don't, I don't know. But um <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, so uh, how did you go about, like, what was the recognition process for you in that to say, hey, you know, this, this is actually not the path I want, but I like working in this space, but not necessarily in this, in this role within this space. Yeah, I think you hit it on the word when you talked about self-awareness. I think we're in a culture right now, particularly the entrepreneurial culture that is so you go girl, you hustle, you do this, you do that. That's so almost glamorizing the yes, entrepreneurial process and pushing people to think about the way somebody else did it and to compare themselves. Oh, so-and-so does this. I should do it. Oh, so-and-so right. did that. And they, you know, they launched their course with, you know, $30,000 in the first weekend. And I only sold three. What's wrong with me? And we're doing this comparison thing. Mm -hmm. But when we're comparing ourselves to others or when we're trying to do it, a should, and this is what it looks like, what we're not doing is listening to the impulses in ourselves. What is bringing you passion? What is bringing you interest? Where do you lose time? You know, I can sit down trying to figure out a problem of, okay, how are we going to figure out this strategy to 
tell this story or help this person move forward or whatever. And I lose three or four hours. I don't even notice. (laughs) But if I'm trying to do other things, like you said, detailed things or whatever, at 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, are we done yet? (laughs) Can I move on? I get that all too well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think you need to notice your flow. I think you need to notice what is a, a unique expression of who you are versus what you think you should do. And I think you need to stop perfecting and comparing. I think that so many entrepreneurs try to perfect and try to compare and try to make their day two look like somebody else's day hundred. And it's not going to feel good and it's not going to (laughs) work. So when I said, where, where am I losing time? What am I focusing on? What's what, even if it's not everything I want it to be long-term, it's not perfect in my ideal vision. It's still pretty cool when I look at it. Where right. are those things? And when I focused on those, it became really clear what I should be doing. Perfect. So how, was this for you, was this a process that you're like, you hit a moment and you're like, hang on, hang on. This doesn't make sense anymore. Um, and then not only that, but like, was it like, did you like, disappear for a couple of days and, and figure that out? Or was it kind of over time you started realizing putting pieces together? I, I think that's a great question. And I, you know, nobody loves this answer, but it's both. Okay. So a lot no, of that's it fine. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I look, look, I, and by the way, for everyone listening to, I'm never, I'm never attached to the answers I get in these questions because I, I think, I think the most critical thing that I've learned in, in hosting all of these shows is that Everything's different for everyone. And yeah. what, I, what I'm hoping to show everyone and, and, and my realization is that there is no right answer. There's a, okay, this worked for me. And I want everyone, um, there's, a, there's a, a personal development training that I did. And they went through and they said, look, I want you to think of everything in this weekend because it was a five-day week, or weekend, but a five-day event. They're like, everything's like a, a jacket. Try it on, see how it fits. If you see that it's fitting and maybe it looks, you know, you're like, maybe you see something there explore it more. If not, cool. On to the next thing. That's why we have all these other things. So, but anyways, keep continuing. So you said there's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of both. And I think humans want to know the answer, but there's often lots of answers, exactly what you're just saying. Right. So I definitely had those gradual, Oh, I'm a little more comfortable here. Maybe I'll spend a little more time here or, Oh, this is more of the kind of client I enjoy working with. Maybe I'll do a little bit more of that. Mm. But then I've also had several times sometimes intentionally and sometimes when life throws something at me where I've been forced to take a break. And there's something I term, I don't know that I've never heard anyone else use this term, but I use the term, the entrepreneurial flu. Okay. Because I think sometimes when we are working for ourselves, it's not like working for somebody else. You are doing so many different things. You're wearing so many different hats. You're making so many decisions Yep. In most cases, you're at a very steep learning curve. And one of the things I've noticed in myself, and I've certainly noticed it with hundreds, if not thousands of clients over the years, have had this exact experience where all of a sudden one day they're like, I just can't. I can't work on this today. I can't show up for what I was supposed to do. And they think, am I burned out? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with a business? Have I screwed up? I mean, they go down the rabbit hole, right? But very often what it is, is it's the equivalent of the flu, where if you have a flu, you go home, you go to bed, and you, you watch your Netflix, you eat your chicken soup. There are times that we need to stop churning our business and hit the pause button and just sit 
And usually within three to five days, we have new clarity if we're not pushing through. Mm. So I had a lot of those over the time. But then um, at a certain point, I had a health crisis that uh, impacted my ability to speak. And so I had a, a two-year pause where during that two years, I really wasn't sure physiologically what I was going to be able to do, which really helped me rethink what was important, especially as you, as you mentioned, I'm an actor. So that whole level of my passion was like, well, that may or may not happen. So right. sometimes life will give you that moment to recalibrate. Sometimes you just do it on yourself, on your own. Perfect. And I, I think whatever, whatever happens, hopefully it's not a health crisis. And I do want to go, I want to go back to that in a minute, but before we do, I want to circle back to one other thing. So first and foremost, I think that's awesome. Like I love, I love entrepreneurial flu. Um, you know, we all, we all need some, some chicken soup every once in a while and just to, to sit back and, and, and relax. So I think that's good. And I, I think you're right. I think that self-awareness is so critical. And so if you're listening to this right now, I want you to stop for a second, I mean, not right now in the middle of the episode, but after this episode, take a second and reflect back. When was the last time you took a moment to, to reflect back on what you're doing? And are, are you being self-aware? Are you making self-aware choices? Or are you just making the choices because there, there's what's in front of you and you, you're not really thinking too deep about it? So I think there's a lot there. Um, okay. So the other thing that I wrote down that I really, I, I'm really interested to know more about it, And then we'll go, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the sickness because I think that's going to be, I think that's a huge piece for a lot of people too is especially given the last year but exactly um, so you said you were in theater school and you would nail it in all of your rehearsals but then when it came to being on stage yeah. you know what wasn't so much and, and you said you, you you almost it was almost fell out or actually failed out i i didn't actually fail out but okay i had some uncomfortable conversations Fair enough. With Fair my enough. directors. <laughs> um, and so I would love to know a little bit more about that. Like what was causing mm -hmm. that disconnect for you between stage, in, you know, rehearsal and, and actual performance? And what did you do to overcome it? Yeah. I, I love this topic because I'm so fascinated by this. It really was realizing that there is a whole skill set that is in your head, but also in your body that you need to develop when for when you're going to get yourself into high pressure situations and we all find ourselves in high pressure situations of di different kinds so when i would go into a performance which is a high pressure situation especially live theater it's not like film we're not going to stop if something goes wrong you get to deal with it i would flip out of what focusing on what am i doing and start focusing on how am i being perceived hmm. And the minute I put consciousness on evaluating myself, everything went to, <laughs> everything just messed up completely. It's okay. You can say it. Went to, it went to <laughs> yeah, it was out. <laughs> so, first of all, it's realizing what are the triggers that cause us to get into self-evaluation or comparison okay. and changing that. But then I also learned that I needed to create a, a, a breath and body and movement process of really getting into my own body. And what I mean by getting mm. into my own body, I, I you know, I, I'm sure everyone listening has done this where you're thinking of something or you're doing something and you're so focused on it that somebody walks into the room and they startle you. Yep. And it's like, well, you kind of heard them. I mean, your, your ears were able to pick up the noise, but it didn't go to your brain. Right. Cause you weren't, you weren't in your 
body, you were in your brain. And one of the things people don't know about live theater is they think we rehearse and this is exactly how I'm going to do it. And on this line, I'm going to raise my eyebrow and all that nonsense. And that's, that is not, that does not create good acting. Good acting is what we call living truthfully in the moment so that the other actor does something and I let myself organically respond within the circumstances of the story right. I'm selling and myself of that character. But that's the exact same thing for an entrepreneur within the circumstances of my story and my mission as this is my business and this is what I'm doing. How do I get to the point where I don't respond out of what I think I should do or the, how am I being perceived or all that, but how do I literally change my breath, change sometimes how I'm holding my body, release that tension that may be in your hands or your throat or your feet or whatever, and just really show up in the moment and see what's a natural response as opposed to a pre-planned response. Hmm. Took me a while to learn all the skills behind that and there are a bunch. But when I started getting those skills, I got to the point where it's not that I don't have quote nervousness when I perform, but it, I don't even experience it as nervousness. At this point, it's a hyper focus. I totally get that. I'm the same way on stage, a different stage, but same, same thought process, I guess, or, or mental state rather. Yeah. And at that point, whatever can happen. And you know, that's the joy of live theater. Everything can and does happen. You know, I've, I've had fires happen on stage. I've had floods happen on stage. I've had uh, people have medical emergencies, but when you're in that hyper-focused, I'm just responding to this moment, you learn to trust that the appropriate response will happen for you. Interesting. So would you would you mind sharing some of those skills that are behind? I know you said there was a bunch of them, but I would love to have just one or two for some people, if, you know, or maybe like the one or two most important ones. So the first thing, um, there's a five, four, three, two, one that you can do where you literally before the first thing I want to say is a lot of this is before, right? So before right. the meeting, before the phone call, before the video, before the stage thing, we would warm up if we were going to run a marathon, but we'd seem not to do anything when we're trying to do these high stakes meetings. So beforehand, you want to really focus on your senses first. So I recommend focusing on what are five things I can hear? Can I hear noise my neighbor's making? Can I hear my pet? Can I hear the fan from my computer? really sort of focusing on what am I hearing? Um, I'd love to run my tongue over my teeth. What am I tasting? Because for those of you listening, you can try this right now. I can't because I'm talking. But there are different tastes in different parts of your mouth when you really explore it with your tongue. Mm -hmm. It's just tying in and then really figuring out what can I smell? You know, what are four things that I'm, can I smell anything? What are the colors around me? Can I see red or blue or green around me? Touching something, texture of your skin or your or your shirt. All of that can bring you into refocusing your being in your physiology. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, and this is a great thing for, for entrepreneurs, anybody who's listening to this and they're not driving or de doing something with machinery or something like that, cross your arms. And now cross your arms the other way. So the hand that was behind goes on top. Looks like, think about it. <laughs> you have to think about it. And it feels really weird, doesn't it? Right, yeah. Well, that that's what being an entrepreneur is, is we start with what we're comfortable with and we try something new. 
But when you do that little activity I just did, and there are lots of other ones you can do, you're literally rewiring your brain. You're helping your brain uh, strengthen connections between the different parts of the brain. So that when you get uncomfortable, when somebody says something you didn't expect or you get an objection or whatever, you can still you're, you can still resource all the best things in your thinking. So yeah, I, I like warm up before stage or before important business meetings. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, no, I was just saying I like it. I like it. I think I think that's a it's a great way to to, to execute that. And I think um, you're right. I love what you said that we're hey, and, and I want this is why I want to point it back out. We'll prepare for a marathon like crazy. You do all the extra runs. We'll warm up. We'll do stretch. Even if you just go to the gym, right? You're like, okay, let me let me do my quick stretch before and after. But you know, we go to these meetings. I see people do videos all the time. They don't think about it like they they approach everything else that they do in the same way of just oh, just execute it. But because even though it may not be physically tiring, there's a lot of mental capacity that goes into a lot of the stuff that we're not prepared for. Exactly. And brain body is connected, right? Just stretching, just letting your eye gaze go out to the to the horizon instead of close up like a computer. There's mm -hmm. studies that show that changes the way your brain processes information. But we hmm. sit all day and look at our computers and we don't move and it's this short eye gaze and it changes our brains. <laughs> so you got to work to change your brain back the other way. That's so fascinating. Because um, one of the things that for, for me is true is I love flying. I, I like I generally enjoy being on a plane. Um, you know, I put my noise canceling headphones in and I just disappear into myself for a while. I usually don't, I try not to get on the Wi-Fi or anything like that. And you know, sometimes I do because there's things that need to happen, but um, and I'll find myself, I always get a window seat and I find myself a lot of times staring out the window. And it, it might be for like an hour just lost in my own thought. And I've never once thought about the fact that like, what am I looking at? Like what I'm looking at has changed the way my brain is processing information and it's so and i what's so fascinating to me about that is that like to me it's it, it's a very relaxing experience for most people like flying not most people but a lot of people flying is a very stressful experience but i find yeah. it to be the opposite but i wonder how much of that is you know the, the more i think about it, the people who get stressed are always one sitting in the aisle seat so maybe try a window seat for a while stare out at the horizon and see if that helps or not <laughs> absolutely i always think about we were told as kids not to look at the window and daydream and now all of the neuroscientists are telling us, no, look out the window and daydream. It's really good for your brain. <laughs> it's good. It's good for you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. Okay. So um, I want to circle back now to you had shared um, a little bit about you had a, a medical crisis that happened and, you know, obviously involved your voice, which is a massive part of all of us, right? Not, not but especially for you, given being on stage and, and yeah. uh, you know, working with entrepreneurs. So tell me a little bit more about that. And I, I have some questions I want to ask, but I, I want to get the story in context in first. Sure. Absolutely. So the first thing is when I tell this story, people get nervous for me. So everything is fine now. <laughs> everything is fine. So I, um, Several years ago, I went to the dentist. I knew I needed some work, but I didn't think much of it. And the dentist told me, um, hey, you know, you had this injury when you were a child. It's created impacts you don't know about. And you need to have the first of five massive reconstruction surgeries, reconstructing your jaw and teeth and face and whole bit within the next two weeks or you're going to have a permanent speech impediment. Well, since I coach for a living, which is all speaking, and I right. teach public speaking, and I'm an actor, that was 
an identity hit. It was a uh, income hit because I didn't know when I was going to be able to work with my clients or if I was going to be able to work with my clients. I'm in the United States. Our healthcare system is interesting. So there was a huge, way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> huge unexpected expense that was out of pocket. No insurance was going to cover it. I had to come up with it, you know, in two weeks. So it was like instant crisis on a very core level. And it, you know, it took everything I had to get through it. I know there are a lot of other people that have had the exact same thing in 2020 where all of a sudden the rules changed completely. And, you know, I learned a lot about that, but one of the things I learned is when the rules change completely, we want to hold on to what was before. We want to get back to normal as fast as possible. And that doesn't work. You have to sit down and have a moment with yourself of the rules have completely changed, Hmm. but I'm going to come back into, into, my self-awareness, my body, my values, my vision, what's still important to me. And use that to make tiny choice by tiny choice instead of trying to figure out what it's all going to look like. And then to get support, to ask for support. Now, I had to have some very interesting conversations because I had to call up every client I had and every client that was in my pipeline and say, well, I may or may not be able to work with you because we don't know. Surgery by surgery, we're not going to know how it works. And I had clients that stuck with me for two years where they would call me every month and go, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Can we work (laughs) this month? And sometimes I'd say, you know, I'm not much pain. Yeah, you can have half an hour. And sometimes I'd say, I'm sorry, check back later. I can't cope. (laughs) But they were so supportive it was insane and what happened is on the other side my business moved forward and exploded in ways that i never perceived were possible Hmm. and i had clients coming to me saying you know i've been talking to so and so for years about you while you've been going through this and they want to hire you for a major ongoing corporate gig are you ready I was like, I didn't even know you were working on that for me. Uh, you know, so if we let go of what we thought was was going to be there, and we stay connected to ourselves, our values, our self awareness, and accept help, usually something new and better comes out on the other end. I think of it as a a caterpillar in that chrysalis, right? Right. I don't know if you know this, but when a caterpillar is inside the chrysalis. They become entirely liquid. Like you could cut the thing open and pour them out. They're goo. Mm, I did not know that. I find it so fascinating because I spent a lot of time feeling like I'm just goo and I'm not valuable. I'm goo. I I can't do anything for anybody. I'm goo. (laughs) That's not true. I'm becoming. I'm becoming something new. It's a different, different way of thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely is. Um, well, first of all, goo. I like that. <laughs> Who I knew? And it rhymes. I was like, oh, I'm goo. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, I want to ask a question because I, I think this, this is a huge thing. Um, and I, um, I haven't shared a lot about this for myself, but, mm. but the last several years for me too have been sort of a, I don't want to say an identity crisis, but a shifting of my identity and making sure that everyone who knows me, who's known me for a long time, 
um, understands where I'm going and why I'm going there. But for yeah. you, you know, this, this was more of a circumstance change for me. Um, not, not because of medical crisis or anything of that nature, but I'm curious for you. And because, you know, you, you basically wake up one day, you, you go to a dentist and he tells you, Hey, like literally everything that you do could be in question. Mm-hmm. How, how do you handle that identity crisis? And like, what was it like for you in that moment when it's like, I imagine your brain's racing a million miles an hour of all the problems that could be. So I like walk me yeah. through what happened for you at that moment. What changed? How did you handle it? You know, what yeah. did, you, did you go home and cry for a while? Cause I, I probably would. If someone, someone told me I wouldn't be able to speak <laughs> like hosting a podcast and being on stage and all that. I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, um, so I'm very, very curious. Yeah. Well, first of all, I went home and cried more than once. Right. And, and that's the thing about any kind of grief or loss is you never know where it's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. I, I had, for whatever reason, a real problem with grocery stores. I would go in to, you know, pick up some TP and all of a sudden I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> the poor people at the store are like, what's wrong? Um, so, she really yeah, likes her TP. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This was before 2020. There was plenty there. Um, so there was a lot of grief, yes. But what I had to do is say, what am I willing to give up and what am I not willing to give up? So, for example, I would look at theater and go, well, if I can't, if I literally cannot get on stage again, that's just not going to happen. Because although there are a few theater companies that work with people with um, physical disabilities, if people can't hear what you're saying, it becomes really difficult. Right. Then what is the part of that I love? And I looked at, well, you know, part of it's the storytelling I actually, I cannot believe the theater company uh, worked with me on this, but I actually directed a play during the middle of some of the surgeries. Mm. They got me an assistant director who sometimes would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to write something on a paper and you're going to do it because I can't handle it. Other times I could show up. But figuring out what's important to you that is, and then drilling down, well, why is that important? Well, why is that important? Well, why is that important? And what I came to is, stories connect us as human beings and there are so many stories i have heard from others that in one way or another have saved my life or my spirit there's been something about that story that got me through or that opened up new vistas and new possibilities that i never would have thought of Hmm. and so for me what it became is i'm freaking out i'm i'm having an emotional breakdown every other day I had to learn to give up control in a lot of ways and ask for help in a lot of ways. And during that process, keep, as they say, peeling the onion till I came down to this core. What is the core value? Because I believe if we get deep enough into that core value, there are lots of ways you can express it. So when I start saying it's about helping stories get told that wouldn't otherwise get told, that allows me to go, oh, well, then that's the helping other people tell their stories. Or maybe I could write a book or maybe I could direct or maybe there are all these other ways to get to that core. Right. But it's a messy process. Everybody thinks, oh, there's the light bulb thing that's going to help you. It's an incredibly messy process. It's like me and, in the kitchen. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you got to allow for the mess and quit trying to control how other people perceive you. Because when you're at that core, when you're at that truth, they'll go with you. And that's what I learned. I mean, people were there for me in ways that I'm like, are you kidding me? 
but they saw me go into that truth. And they're authentic. like, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. I know you don't know what it's going to look like, but I still want some of it. No, and I, I think that's that's super important for us. So something that you've shared a couple of times now throughout our interview that I, I find fascinating is diving core is your values and is that self-awareness. And I think those three things have been transparent in your journey, at least from my point of view, um, in your journey from entrepreneurship to supporting and from, you know, theater, not having it. And then I assume now getting back into it because you said everything yeah. is good. So you're, you're back in theater at this point in time and, and able to execute. Obviously we're having a conversation. So you, you have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's well. I have a tiny little bit of problem now and then almost no one knows it unless they know my story. Very cool. So for you, what, what's been, and if you're, if you're comfortable sharing, what's been some of those core values that allowed you to, to, to see yourself through you know, these journeys and come out the other side better? I, I love that question. I think one of them, you know, and I've said it in different ways, but the concept of imperfection or mess, okay. creative generation, that creativity happens in unexpected ways. So that unexpectedness is a huge value for me. Um, a lot of people talk nowadays about authenticity, but they talk about it in a way where it started to become packaged authenticity. Yep, yep, like, yep. Look how authentic I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, You're not authentic anymore. But to me, there's that giving up control, giving up perfection and really letting, letting the unexpected happen, which I think is authenticity. Yep. I mean, we love it when somebody laughs unexpectedly or cries unexpectedly because we know we're getting the real deal. That's one of my huge values. And I'm really, you know, we live in a very divisive age right now. And I am really about helping people who feel like they can't share their truth, share it. Because mm. I think that there has been a lot of, there's been a lot of history where we've marginalized a lot of voices that are really powerful and needed. And when I say that, people immediately go to the diversity and inclusion, and I'm there. I Yes, I do mean that. But I also mean sort of the ugly introverts of the world or the people with the weird background of the world. I always will have people say to me, well, I'd love to do this, but I don't have the perfect credentials or I don't have the perfect background or I there's something different about my story, which means I have to shut myself up. Right. And it makes me nuts. Because usually those are the people that I find most interesting. Back to the unexpected. Those are the people that have a perspective that I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way. So I think we need to be more welcoming and more diverse across the board. And that means we do need to look at the systems who sh that shut out people who are not exactly like us. Very including true. the systems in our own head where, oh, well, that would be the perfect client for me, but that client I would never work with. If there's a legitimate reason for it, that's fine. But maybe give the client you would never work with a second chance. I'll give you an example from my world. Yeah, I'd love I that. had an executive from uh, pharmaceutical industry, very high level, call me up and say, I want you to help me with uh, speaking and virtually presenting. And my first thought was, dude, you are way above my pay grade. This is you know, an international company, very high level and very, very corporate world, and you're dealing with extremely complex medical issues <laughs> that I don't right. I don't know what you're talking about, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm 
I'm not ready for that. And then I went, Mari, get over yourself and listen to the man. And he was such a delight. And I was able to give him genuine value. But that self-judgment of that's not been in my experience. So I'm not good enough or ready enough or perfect enough or, you know, he needs somebody who's been a newscaster or whatever. Letting that go. And just really saying, yeah, I'm going to take something in that I didn't expect. I think that, that's that's great, and and I love I love that example of hey, like this is a totally unexpected thing. And the reason I like it is is this, you know, as entrepreneurs, a lot of the folks that I've I've taught over the the, the years, you know, they have that same worthiness question happening in their head, you know, and and I'm going to include myself in that. In fact, um, you know, in all of the self development and personal development that I've done, one of the biggest questions, and many of you might find it surprising if you know me, um, is worthiness. Am I worthy to do this? You know, and, and, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not here yet. And I know that I, I have conversations constantly with people about that same question. I think that that's always there. Yeah. Um, so do, do you just, do you just tell that, that voice to shut up and, and, and do it anyways? Or like, is there a, a ritual that you have? I'm, I'm curious, like what's for you has been your way that you've been able to overcome any, whenever that worthiness creeps up. Cause I'm, and I'm also going to assume and make, make an assumption here, but tell me if I'm wrong, that, that, that question still happens, even though, you know, the answer, you know, what you need to do. It sure. still kind of pops up every once in a while going, Hey, what's up? I, I think it does for anybody who's not a sociopath or a narcissist. Right. I mean, it's okay. normal to question. Right? The question is what power you're going to give it. So one of the tricks I like to do is I like to play with humor. So I have, okay. <laughs> I, I think of a little monster, like a little Muppet monster, right? And, <laughs> and for, those, I, for those of you listening, she's holding like a really cute little monster looking thing. I have a little monster <laughs> for those of you who <laughs> see the video. Um, and I make a funny voice. And mm. I get my monster out and I tell the story in the funny voice. So I say, well, Mari, you, you're not a newscaster and, and you're not size two and you haven't been doing this. Uh, you know, you weren't on a stage in Dubai last week talking about this. <laughs> and it's very hard to take it seriously if you make fun of it. Mm. And by making fun of it, I can see, say to myself, wait a minute, I'm saying that I wasn't at an international conference speaking at, in Dubai to the top 1%. Therefore, I don't know what I'm talking about. Of course, that's ridiculous, right? Right. <laughs> but we need to like exaggerate it and play with it to see that it's ridiculous. So that's part of the thing I do. But the other thing I, a question I kind of live by is, is your insecurity hurting other people? And okay. one of the things I did during, during the time when I was having tooth problems is I wrote a list of all of the people who I'd seen speak, whether it's on TV or personally or at a story at a party, where their message had impacted me. So it might have been, you know, it was poets like Maya Angelou. It was my grandmother. It was, you know, all kinds of people. And then I said, what if their voices didn't happen? What would be true wow. of your world? And it was a very, you know, my world would be a very dark place without those voices. Well, then the, the opposite has to be true. My voice then is impacting somebody, whether I know it or not. Now, there were people on my list who don't know I remember them, who met me at a party once and <laughs> told a story about starting a business that I've been using in my coaching for the last 20 years, right? They don't know that I was impacted by that story. So it's, true. Right? So 
those two questions, making fun of it, exaggerating and making fun of it. And then asking the question, is your insecurity hurting somebody else? Those help me get a reality check. And also that there's a difference between doing your best and doing it perfectly. If I do my flat level best, that's my flat level best. And I've got to trust there's something in that. Right. My flat level best will never be perfect. But nor then, should it be. <laughs> nor, nor should it be. And I don't know that other people would want it if it was perfect, because that would just be hard to integrate and take in. It, it would it would be coming from a not not another human, so it wouldn't be valuable. Totally, totally agree. I get it. I, I love I love especially love your second point of you know what what would be missing, you know, in your story there. And and I, I as soon as you told me that, I, I remember thinking there was a early earlier in my speaking on stages. Um, towards when I got first started, one of the things that I always hated is my mentor would have me go back and rewatch all mm. of the video of me speaking and, and, and make notes and so I can improve myself, which was phenomenal in my growth, but I always hated listening to myself. I was like, oh man, I sound, I just hate the sound of my voice and all that. And there was, uh, there was one particular time that there was um, uh, a woman in the front of my event and she raised her hand for a question. This is after three days, um, she raised her hand. She said, I said, what's up? She's like, do you have a podcast? And I said, no, don't have a podcast. You know, just, you know, and I like made some nonchalant excuse of why I didn't have a podcast or whatever. And she goes, well, you should, because I could listen to you all day. And I just, <laughs> I'm, I remember sitting there going, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and it was like totally weird moment. And, but, it, but it, it was like, I mean, this, this is, I don't know, probably six years ago or more. Um, and I just, but it, it's, it's a story that has stuck with me. So like you said, that impact, and that is actually a big reason why I now do have a podcast. Cause it's like, okay, well, this is someone else who would be a listener of mine, who would be someone who would probably be consuming my podcast. And, you know, and I still like literally have that moment in my head um, from that long ago. And none of this would have happened. None of the interviews, none of the, anything I've been doing, our conversation today, um, for all of you listening, this wouldn't be happening except for that one moment. So I think that's a, a super powerful thing to, to, to reflect back on what would your that's life so, be without those people? Yeah, that's so exciting. And what's interesting to me is if that story, if that woman told the story of her life and the contribution she's made to the world, that comment to you would probably not make her description. I bet you she probably doesn't even remember that she made it. I, I would, I'd be willing to bet she probably doesn't even remember that she made that comment. Yeah. So she did amazing good in the world and doesn't even know it. Right. And so what are, what are each of you listening right now? What are you doing? Who are you impacting that you may not even realize it in the, in passing, you know, the, the, the little things that, that, uh, that we do. So I think that's super powerful. I like that a lot. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, um, I want to be respectful of everyone's time. We're approaching about 40, 43 minutes or so. But um, where can everyone who's listening find more about you, check you out, you know, reach out to you if they, uh, they want to connect? Tell us more about where to do that. Absolutely. So um, I have a website with a title, which is what I want for you, which is more impact, less stress. So um, there are dashes between those words. So it's more-impact-less-stress.com. That way you won't make any smell spelling mistakes. <laughs> and if you go there, um, I've got a freebie on how to, how to show up on camera more effectively and um, bring more of your charisma out. I've got some programs and classes and that kind of thing. So for those of you who 
want more, there is more. Check it out. Perfect. So more impact, less stress with dashes in between. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being on. And for each and every one of you listening right now, as always, truly appreciate you being on the show and uh, partaking because, like I said at the beginning of this, it's not about me. This is about helping each and every one of you get out of your own way. So as always, uh, I'm going to steal this from Andy Frisilla because I just like the way he phrases it. There is one little price to pay for for this show because it's free and cost, but the price to pay is share it with a friend in need. Um, I'm sure that there's someone from what you just listened to Tamari talking about who needs to hear that message. Um, so share it, send it to a friend, send it to three friends, send it to 20 friends. Um, but even if you just share it to one person, that's, that's uh, more than enough. And as always, please jump on to your favorite listening platform, uh, rate, review, drop, drop a five-star rating because that helps this get out to more folks. And so I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Otherwise, uh, Mari, thank you again. Truly appreciate having you on. And uh, we'll see all you guys on next week's episode. Take it easy. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now. <laughs>